the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Southern California Live. Today, Open Line Friday. That means we will take calls about any subject that you want to call about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And many of you have been doing that, so we I think we're caught up on uh, most of those. So thank you for doing that. I hope that you're having a uh, fine, what is today? I almost said Monday, the horror a fine Friday afternoon, and uh, I always enjoy being with you on these Friday afternoons because uh, you have so much to say. So give me a call, 888-528-2557. Let's go to Tony in San Diego. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hello. Hi, Tony. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks um, for calling. I uh, just wanted to bring up the recent vote in Kansas that was um, supposedly to decide uh, the anti-abortion amendment. Um, yes. there was a lot of, uh, coverage that the amendment wording itself was purposely confusing. Um, it was written in a way where people didn't know whether yes meant no or no meant yes. And yeah. it had like a preamble that came out like we value the health of women. And then, so when you're reading it, you're thinking, Oh, if you, Oh yeah, who doesn't value the health of women? Um, you know, I'm not going to be right. A, uh, you know, some kind of like aberrant person. So I think that a lot of the problem with voting is, and it comes down to almost any topic, like, for example, the gas tax they'll put in, this is for the roads and the upkeep. You're like, well, who can be against the roads and the upkeep? And um, so on. So there's a lot of education that needs to go in, and then people are confused, and it's written in a way that is purposely confusing. And I think that the faith community and the churches, and whether they be Catholic or evangelical, they would be doing a great service if they could simply just educate their congregations or somehow get the word out of what it is that they're actually voting on, because the way that they propose things is just utterly confusing in yeah. so many ways. And uh, I appreciate that, uh, Tony, uh, and for thanks for calling with that subject. You know, one of the reasons I think that we want to be educated and do the work, right? It takes some work because he's right. Lots of these things are confusing. The title, you know, of, of things that we vote on, we have in, in our state, we have propositions, right? And you got the proposition and the number. And sometimes you don't know if yes means yes and no means no. And sometimes it's deliberately done uh, by by lawyers who are being tricky with it to to try to confuse which way you vote. You have to be careful because sometimes you confuse both sides, right? And then it, it just messes everything up. Uh, so what lots of people are saying is that the uh, Kansas vote, what they voted not to restrict abortions in their state constitution. And many people thought that's a surprise because it's such a red state. Uh, I don't know if it's a surprise. I mean, just to be honest with you, you know, I think people like their abortions. 
Um, and uh, so, you know, privately what people do in the voting booth sometimes is different than what they say. Okay. Uh, and that's the reason for a private vote. I think that's important. Um, maybe they were confused, but uh, maybe they weren't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I do think that as voters, and and uh, where he's coming from is that we started out our program today, and obviously there's a lot of things in the news with uh, the FBI raid, the warrant coming out, the accusations against President Trump, and there's a lot of politics, a lot of mistrust, a lot of things. And what what worries me a lot is with this kind of thing that we're seeing more and more often of in our country, that we lose hope in our in our institutions in such a way that we won't participate. And, you know, our voting in California recently, uh, in Los Angeles County, I looked it up, 28% in the June 7th primary, only 33% of voters in the state. And if you're frustrated with the type of person who is in office, or you're hoping that people might get into office to do better things, you, you have to vote. And what happens is I think, and I think even in the church, is that we vote we say that we vote, and uh, but we don't. The the surveys say that we don't vote at a higher rate or a much higher rate than anybody else. And thirty three percent is terrible. And what happens with that? You know, we the example I used in the last hour is that in Los Angeles we're about to recall um, our uh, Gascon, our the district attorney, and the people who will probably vote to recall him are the same people who voted for him in the first place. And San Francisco is a better example of that. They recalled their district attorney, uh, and they recalled some school board members. And in, the reason it's a better example in San Francisco is that it's not Democrat and Republican. It's basically liberal Democrat versus progressive Democrat. There are, there are five Republicans in the city of San Francisco. And so what happens when voters get engaged – in either party or independence, and I think a third of our state is independent, actually. A third of you aren't Democrat or Republican as far as your registration goes. You you obviously, everybody leans one way or the other, probably. But uh, what happened up there is that the voters are getting engaged and they are recalling people that I think they need to recall. I think that's good. But the thing that point I'm pointing out is they voted for these same people just two years before. The same people. And it's not a surprise what these people... Uh, how these people governed. They said how they're going to govern. But I think no one was paying attention to what it means. You know, what does it mean if we're not going to prosecute crime? What does it mean if our solution to homelessness is harm reduction where we're going to put up centers around where people can use drugs in a safe environment because we don't want them to die of an overdose. We're just going to let them die over whatever else. Um, You know, I think uh, it's a good thing when voters come together and vote. And I think there's a lot more that we have in common. I'll bet if we just did a survey of uh, people who are Democrats and Republicans and independents who listen to this show, I'll bet that there's a lot of agreement we would have. Maybe we can do that in the future. We might have a website where we can put some polls on there. I'd be curious about that. I think there's a lot of stuff that with immigration, with uh, different things in our country that we seem so polarized on, if you phrase it the right way, I'll bet we agree on an awful lot. There are things we disagree on, but I think that we agree on an awful lot. Anyway, uh, you're right. We need to be educated. And that's something that we are preparing, actually, for our program coming up here in the next few weeks is when the state 
um, ballots come out, when our ballots get mailed, they get mailed. Somebody called, I guess, and asked when uh, that they didn't get their ballot. It's not getting mailed till the second week of October. Okay, so you're okay. Don't worry about it. Second week of October, if you don't have your ballot, then uh, you know call the registrar of voters and they'll help you out. But nobody has a ballot right now. Or if you do, that's a whole different problem, different discussion. Um, we want to help our audience understand what is being voted on. So if something is confusing, we're going to get an expert on here to to muddle through it and help us out. And we want informed voters. We want engaged voters. And that really can bring change. And one of the things is when there's only a third of the people voting, that means there's a lot of votes out there that can bring change. And so there's hope. And I want to be careful about the politics because really we're not a political show. Really, we we are a show where we want to respond to the issues of the day, which are often political. But we want to help Christians and our listeners, even if you're not a Christian. But if you're a Christian, we want to help you better represent Christ with your opinions in the discussions that you have with people at your workplace where your real calling is to be like Christ to them, to your family, to other people that you interact with. You find that you don't have to agree. I don't think people expect everybody to agree but we can be civil. We can even be persuasive. And there are some big issues that I think Christians should be concerned about. What's happening in our schools, for example, a lot of the teaching of kids in the area of uh, sexuality and other stuff. We need to be active and involved. And it's very local, those problems. That's where the solution is. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's Open Line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557, Two five five seven. You can call about anything that you would like. Uh, Vincent in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking my call. I love your show. I love you, brother. Uh, thank you, Vincent. What's your question? What's your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, this is kind of far off the, the grid, what we're talking about, but I have a question about if another planet that's out in our solar system that uh, is affecting our weather is just not about base what's going on here in the planet with gases and all these other politicized ideas that are out there but there's actually a planet that even was uh during the when the christ got crucified there was three hour eclipse also when the sun got held for one day with joshua do you know anything about that that's really affecting our planet um at all uh, you know what? Yeah, Vincent, I'll talk about that for a second. I mean, thank you for calling, you know, and, you know, if if you're thinking that that's kind of an out there question, there's a lot out there of there's theories and there's one out there about a theory. I forget the name of the planet, but there's some idea that there's some mystical planet that's out there that's sort of doing these things. I don't believe in that at all, just to let you know. Uh, I think that if I think we would see it, uh, I think that there is not some planet causing this. I think it is a miracle of God. I think when it comes to God, I think that one of the ways that we should view the miracles of the sun standing still, okay, that he's referring to in the Old Testament story, um, the sun going dark at the crucifixion of Christ. It might have been just that the timing was there was an eclipse, right? That's possible. I think that God, as he ordains things, could have ordained just the timing of that eclipse to happen at that moment. There's all, you know, but I don't think that we should take away the possibility that God is just doing miracles. And the the thing about that is this. Some of us have trouble with with the miraculous in the Bible, okay? If you are um you might be a person who struggles with the supernatural stories that are in scripture. And some people just think now that stuff's just not true, it's just fantasy. Um but what I would argue is this that when it comes to God, 
we don't understand how God does things, but one thing we should know is that he's outside of the the rules of physics and the rules of time. And I think he can do some amazing things that we can't explain, that there doesn't have to be a, a natural explanation. There can be, and I think that's okay also. You know, some people think uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, you can find those cities. There's archaeological dig, and people think, yeah, this is the Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you don't believe the biblical story, then the idea is that you know, somehow these these cities were destroyed by by fire, and some people think maybe an asteroid hit. Other people think there was a volcano that blew ash into the air and it would have fried these cities. Uh, and there's scientific evidence based on the the sulfur in the ground and lots of stuff. You can there's all kinds of stuff on that. Um, maybe that's true. Maybe God used a volcano to cause that, but maybe He just caused fire to come from the sky. And God can do that because He's God and He can create things out of nothing. And if God wants to stop the earth, stop the earth from spinning or whatever happened during that day, uh, God can do that because he's outside of our understanding of how nature works, right? We, we are bound. We are bound by time and space. That's all we can do, just time and space. That's all we have. And when it comes to God, where we get into the weeds, I think, too much with God is when we put him in the same bounds, when we think to ourselves, when we try to figure out God from the standpoint of our own uh, path through time and think God is limited to that, and it'll start to blow your mind when you start to think that God is a multidimensional being that has uh, that might see time as something completely different than the way you and I see it. We We see time on our watch and we're moving forward. But God being out there, he can look at time upside down, backwards, forwards. He's infinite, right? How does God have enough infinite time for every person that he loves? How does God have enough infinite time to listen to your prayers, to be concerned about your concerns? You know, shouldn't God be more concerned right now about the state of the world, about the coming of Christ, all that stuff? How does God have time? Well, the answer is that God is not bound by time, so he has an infinite amount of time for you. That's why he knows the number of hairs on your head or the number of hairs that used to be on your head. He knows because he has an infinite amount of time for you, and he also has an infinite amount of time for me. He has an infinite amount of time to deal with the matters of the world and and history and where it's going. See, an infinite God, our mind can't really comprehend that. And we start to think, well, maybe God can't, doesn't have time for me, or maybe my complaints or my, my struggles are too small. You ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like, I used to feel like, like sports people when they give thanks to God because they hit a home run or they, you know, scored a touchdown or after the game, I just want to thank God. I used to think, I don't know if God cares about your football game. But now I've changed my mind on that. I've decided that actually God has an infinite amount of time to care for the biggest troubles that you have, and also to receive glory uh, when you hit a home run. I mean, why do you think that the Dodgers have the best record in baseball? It's because God loves baseball and he has time for it. That's what I think. Interesting question, though. So what I would tell you, though, on that is don't get into all that stuff. We don't know. Just glory in what God is able to do. We don't need to explain all of that. All right? We, We don't know how God did it. There is no mystical planet out there. Don't believe that kind of stuff. You know, if there is, maybe we'd find out later, and I guess the answer is, so what, if that's what God's deciding to do. But there's some theories with that that are that are not biblical and not true and just take you down a dark, you know, a path of untruth or unknown, and it's not worth it. Just glory in what God can do. 
You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. This this is Open Line Friday. And uh, we have to have the music. Open Line Friday, where you can call about any subject you want. News of the day, Bible question like that one. And, and great, out there question, we will take out there questions. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. George in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, George. You're still with us? George, look up the phone. Hello? You're on Southern California Live. All right, I'm going to put you on hold and maybe uh, come back. Maybe you weren't you were on hold for a while. Maybe you decided to do some dishes and other stuff. We will uh, we'll check on you. 888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, you know what today is, by the way? Maybe you don't realize it, but it's uh, National uh, Kool-Aid Day. Did you drink Kool-Aid as a kid? Remember the Kool-Aid guy? He sounded like this. It was a big red pitcher of Kool-Aid breaking through the wall in the TV commercials. I don't know if you heard that, but he breaks through and he goes, oh, yeah. And uh, you know what? That was just the greatest commercial ever when that happened. And uh, do you do you like Kool-Aid? Hopefully you're not, uh, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid like they, they say. You know, the, the whole drinking the Kool-Aid thing is that, you know, Jim Jones and that crowd, Jim Jones was a guy who who taught we should love people and taught a lot of good things. And that's, you know, it's a whole nother discussion. But one of the reasons to go ahead and ask questions about things that you might think are kind of weird or kind of off, one of the reasons that we need to know our Bibles and even know doctrine and and really focus is because some people can be right about a lot of things and then take you off the deep end with something at the end that's completely untrue and lead you astray and into destruction. Uh, This is why... In your Bible, so often we are told, don't be deceived, because it's easy to be deceived. And uh, we don't want to be deceived. All right, I'm going to try uh, George from L.A. again. George, you with us? All right, no, George. George, you'll just have to call us back. Lucky for you, it's Open Line Friday, and we still got some time to do that. The number is 888-528-2557. You can call about anything that's on your mind, 888 Two five five seven. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Uh, All right. Uh, big news of the day. We've been talking about it. And uh, just to um, you bring you up to speed with one of the things I think is just important is that with this serious story uh, with Donald Trump and the raid and what they are accusing him of, you know, do a lot of listening to people who might even disagree. I know there's fringe people, okay, on the right and left who are just bringing out stuff from nowhere. But, you know, this is an important thing for our government to get right. If they don't get it right, then, you know, or if it really is just political, that's bad. Uh, That is a bad thing. You know, espionage is uh, quite a thing to accuse a former president of. Uh, It's quite a thing to accuse anybody of, frankly. Has any of you ever been accused of uh, espionage? Maybe you've gone through that if you served in the military or had something to do. That's a big deal, okay? And uh, But to, to get a conviction for that, there has to be intent, an intent to distribute these uh, documents um, to get a, you know, in a, to a bad place to one of our enemies. And that needs to get handled, right? If any former president, if you support Donald Trump or you don't, or you support, you know, those things have to get handled. And, you know, I think there is a lot of pressure one of the things I was talking about last hour is one of the areas where you'll find some agreement on uh, left and right coming from left and right news sources is that there better be really solid proof here if there's going to be an indictment. 
that this is super bad if there's not. Um, and um, I I don't know. My my hunch is there's something there, but it's not going to be like such a huge deal that it has something to do with sloppiness in uh, the way that uh, people left the White House. And um, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Um, Hillary Clinton, when she was accused, remember the whole email thing. The email thing is not so much about the emails. That's part of it because there were some classified, in fact, uh, top secret emails that they had. If you go back and you read uh, Comey's statement uh, about all of that stuff, there were some, there were several, and he's very, very clear that um, laws were broken and that there was top secret stuff that was handled, he said, sloppily, is what he said. I remember when he came out, remember when uh, Comey came out and he started uh, to tell us what they were investigating Hillary over? And uh, I remember thinking that whole speech until the very end, I thought, well, they're going to prosecute her. And uh, then he didn't. He said, there's not really a prosecutor out there who would do it. And I thought, that's interesting, because the issue isn't really the emails. The issue is she had a server in her house that was there really to not, uh, you know, to get around the government emails. That's a pretty big deal, the whole server in the house. It's different than uh, if she were just using her personal Gmail address or something and being sloppy that way, which a lot of uh, politicians have had to fess up to doing that. Um, but if you're putting a, I know it's technical, but you're basically not going to use the, the State Department email service that archives all of your emails and everything you do and keeps things secure, you're going to have your own your own email computer, okay, a server in your house and uh, use a completely different email for your work stuff that's not secure, um, that is not archived by the National Archives. That's what she was accused of, uh, and that's very, very serious. Uh, they did not prosecute her uh, for any of that. Um, basically, the argument was, well, we don't think that anybody's going to do it, and maybe it had to do with the fact that she was a presidential candidate. I'm curious about how much of that is going to end up being a part of this conversation. Is it? Is it? Is it something that's real, but people are going to go, eh, as long as we get the documents back, everything's fine. I don't know, but this is why we need to pray. 888-528-2557 is the number. Open line Friday. You can call about whatever you want. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. That number is 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. On 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Friday afternoon. It is Open Line Friday. Anything that you want to call about, you can call right now. The number is 888-528-2557. On Fridays, we get together and talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. And it can be subjects of the day in the news. It can be a Bible question. Maybe you have a testimony to share. And uh, we always like things positive, and we want to try to help people have a uh, a truthful approach to uh, things in the news as much as we can. Sometimes the truth is just, I don't know, right? That's, sometimes that's uh, the best answer is, I don't know. We don't always have to have an answer. I think it's important to not make it up. It's important to uh, to acknowledge if you're just speculating rather than this is really true or this isn't because that's how you get in trouble later. Sad story coming across the uh, wires here if you're a sports fan, if you're a San Diego Padres fan, Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended for 80 games after testing positive for a performance-enhancing drug. And that is a bummer. Tatis is not just a great player, but he's a fun player to watch. 
And if you're in San Diego, um, you're excited because you do have a good team. You're 75 games behind the Dodgers, but I think you're in second place. And, um, you know, but that's uh, 80 games. That's the rest of the year. So he will not play again this year. And he was doing his rehab at uh, minor leagues in the minors and getting ready to come back to the Major League Baseball. Uh, but he failed a drug test, 80-day suspension, 80-game suspension without pay. Um, we want to pray for him and pray for his family. You know, he's only 23, and um, he is so talented. But, you know, there is so much pressure. You know, you're 23, and you suddenly have a multimillion-dollar contract. He signed, what was it, $340 million contract, and only in the second 14-year contract. The Padres... Uh, if you follow this, they, I think they want to win. That's why they're spending a bunch of money and that's, you get more money if people show up to the games. Um, an interesting thing here in LA, uh, San Diego sports, the San Diego rejected building a new stadium for the, uh, chargers. That's why the chargers moved up to Los Angeles. And what was the price of the uh, stadium down there? $350 million. Well, the Padres paid one player $350 million. That's a difference there between uh, baseball and football. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. It's open line Friday. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Uh, and um, Anthony writes on uh, the email line, uh this another thing I'd like to discuss is uh, gender theory and race indoctrinization going on in uh, the schools, and uh, he sent me a link. I haven't watched that uh, that link on there. Um, you know, theory. I talk about that once in a while, and I'm studying it very carefully for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think it's a huge deal, and theory theory is much bigger than you know critical race theory. Okay. We, we're hearing that, and one of the reasons I'm getting into that is I think we need to be careful about just throwing everything into a, a bucket with an election coming on. Oh, it's critical race theory, um, because there are some things that aren't critical race theory that are getting put into that bucket. There are real issues that many people are dealing with, especially a lot of our listeners that are um, African-American or dealing with other things that, you know, you don't need CRT to explain that there are problems with race. In fact, uh in uh, I want to say it's in Philadelphia, and I don't have it in front of me, but there was a court case where Berkshire Hathaway lost a, a civil case. They were sued because of redlining with the idea that in Philadelphia they are not giving out loans to people who live in usually inner city neighborhoods. Uh, it's, a, it's an old process that's still going on called redlining, and it, and it disadvantages people who live there from loans. So even if they qualify for a home loan, uh, because their credit is good, they've done everything they need to do, they don't get approved for the loan because the bank says, well, you live in a neighborhood where a whole lot of people default and therefore we're not giving you a loan. And that tends to harm particularly black people uh, the most and is a bad thing. That happens. And we should not ignore that there are lots of things like that that go on. Um, even though we want to make sure that in in theory some of the things being taught are also not very good. Teaching people that everybody's just oppressed and you can never have any redemption and that there is, you know, when you get into theory, one of the, and I say theory because it's much bigger than critical race theory. It's just theory. And it has to do with gender theory and there is uh, post-colonial theory and a whole lot of thought. There's there's fat guy theory, okay? Not even kidding. 
uh, critical fat guy theory. We'll get into that eventually. Um, but there are things that get discussed in these things academically that are worth discussion, but the solutions are typically bad and they cause problems, okay? In, I mentioned San Francisco politics. Here's an interesting thing for you on this subject, if you're following it, right? and it gets complicated. And, and it's, that's what worries me about it is that we, we tend to simplify things that are complicated and we, we harm things that we really need to have conversation about, things that really need to change that would really help people, particularly in areas of race or in areas of, um, of poverty and um, things like that. And so we got to be really careful. But what, what theory does is it tries to identify problems, and sometimes it makes it up. So gender theory that you're talking about, uh, when I was in college, we had women's studies, but now you have gender studies. And it's going along the path of, well, there, that gender, men and women, is just a construct. It's made up. And it gets a lot more complicated than that. But the the weird thing about it is the more you get into it, the more deliberately convoluted it is. And this is why we are in a place today where men suddenly uh, can have a period and men can get pregnant, men can have abortions. And if you say that that's not true, that that can't happen, you're just some kind of bad person all of a sudden. It didn't really happen all of a sudden. It's been happening over 40 years, just that academically this has been – suddenly put into the mainstream and it doesn't really work and it doesn't really help people. In San Francisco, what I was going to say is in San Francisco, you have a liberal Democrat mayor. Uh, her name is London Breed. You have the new district attorney up there after they recalled the old guy is uh, African-American woman. I'm blanking on her name right now. She is a uh, probably more of a moderate Democrat. And you have these two people and others who are really in a campaign and the people that they are politically against are people in their own party who are farther to the left, who are usually white people pushing uh, critical race theory, oddly enough. See, it's just everything turns really upside down. And if what you're doing, what, what it practically does is cause harm, then it doesn't work. So the difficulty for Christians is that, number one, you find there's no redemption. That's a problem in a lot of cases. I've mentioned this before that you know, some of the political problems we have are that the other side is just bad. They're just evil. They are uh, people in the basket of what did Hillary call people? Uh, the intolerables. It wasn't, is that what she said? There was some word that she used that usually gets weird, but the, the next word she said that doesn't get said all the time is she said they're irredeemable. That's the problem. When Romney, what Romney probably didn't become president because of this line, and he got caught with some secret camera at a fundraiser or something, and he, one of the things he said was the strategy is to go after the middle 6% because 47% of the electorate is just going to vote for the Democrats and 47% for sure for the Republicans. There's only 6% on the table to go after. The problem is, is the way he said it and the way it came across was is that, well, you don't even care about that 47%. Why aren't you going after them? Why aren't you listening to them? Why aren't you trying to earn their votes? Are they, are they just irredeemable? They're just lost. They're not worth it. You're going to be the president of the whole country. You need to go after and everybody. You're not going to get everybody. Nothing like that. See what I mean is that there is something here that is not about redemption. As believers, we have to be about redemption. We have to be about people can come together and be united. And that as Christians, even on the hard questions about race that we need to have together, the hard questions that are 
um, you know, how do you start to undo some of what's been happening out there in in you know cases of what people have been taught now for generations? You got to have those questions. It's a lot more. Uh, somebody just emailed me. Deplorable. That's right. The basket of deplorables. Um, you know, she said that, and that uh, isn't. You know, the the real offensive thing was the irredeemable. My friends, we're not irredeemable. Nobody you know is irredeemable. Nobody you know is away, permanently away from Christ because they believe the wrong thing. Um, I mean, ultimately, yes, spiritually, and you know, they believe the wrong thing about Jesus. Eventually, they're permanently away from Christ. But in this life, don't give up on people. We don't want to have an attitude that says that we can't get better or that people can't overcome obstacles. We don't want to have an attitude that says those obstacles aren't there or to create obstacles that aren't really there and put them in the way. We want to build up our kids so that they have a chance so that we can actually break through a lot of the barriers that exist. Uh, I believe we can do that. It comes back to the theme of today is you got to vote. You know, the people who are leaning into these things, these district attorneys, they got voted in because no one was paying attention by very small numbers of people. And now everybody's mad because they realize what it means that it it's not justice to uh, not hold people accountable. It's not justice to uh, suddenly declare that uh, the victim doesn't have rights. There's so many problems here. Anyway, it gets a lot more complicated. But I thank you for that question. I want you to know that it's on my mind. I'm looking for some, uh, I'm talking to some people who can talk about it in a simple way. One of the things that I think we can do is break these things down in a way that aren't just sort of left and right, but don't ignore the real questions and struggles that people have. As Christians, we need to be uh, able to have any conversation and point people to Jesus. Jesus is where the equity is. Jesus is where the equality is. Jesus is where the hope is. Jesus is where we are all part of one family, and Jesus is how we get along and uh, work together and do all that stuff. It's such a complicated subject, I know that. Uh, I'm going to take a break. It's Open Line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call about anything that's on your mind today. And you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I will return as the Friday edition of SoCal Live continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. It is Friday. It's so good to be with you, and I hope that you have some good weekend plans. I know some of you work on the weekend, and I know how that is, but uh, I hope that you have some some really good weekend plans and that it involves time with your family and involves going to church on Sunday. They still have that, you know, every Sunday. Find a good church and uh, worship the Lord and be with other believers, build each other up. We need to do that. There's so much going on. I was saying, you know, for the break, that's where uh, the equality is. That's where it's, you know, it's not perfect here in uh, this this uh, world that we live in now, but it's headed in that way. It's what Jesus is going to make it. He's the answer, the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, you will find refreshment when you are pursuing him, even in the midst of uh, the imperfection that we have to live in today. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. And anything you want to call about, we will talk about that today. Let's go to Cynthia in Riverside. Cynthia, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to put out there that the, the universe and God's creation is is very finite for us on Earth. And it's very ordered. 
Yes. There's an order to everything, the way we're created, and that's the way we're supposed to be. But it seems like we're always trying to interject our own man and change the way that the order and the nature is, not realizing how beneficial it, to, it is to us, and it's ordered for us, for our care. Everything's provided for us. That, that it, you know, look at, it's kind of bizarre to say this, but, you know, there's only a finite number of plants. There's only a finite number of animals. There are no unicorns. If you want to be a unicorn, you know, good luck with that. And God could create that miracle of a unicorn, but mm-hmm. you don't need to be a, you don't need to have unicorns. That's why there are no unicorns. That's However, right. we have night and day. We have everything provided for us that we need, and uh, most importantly, God and, and the Word of Christ. But we need to quit trying to create things that aren't real. Yeah, to satisfy our own desires as man and and our own egocentric, man-centered world and life. You're right about that. And you know, it's it's the reason where when we try to do something outside of God's design, what ends up happening is disintegration. It won't work um, because we are ordered in a particular way that this is the way it is. God has rigged the universe to act like it does. And he's outside of that. And I don't know what it'll be like for sure in the new heaven and new earth one day, but he has given us everything we need. Uh, here. Right. And our life is a lot better when we follow the order that God has given us. Right. And we, when we start trying to change the pieces of the puzzle that God has orchestrated, you know, that's when things go sideways. And, and so on the gender issue, that's, aside from it being sinful, because you, you mentioned it earlier, it, it's just not right. I mean, it's just, you're, you're asking for uh, things to be turned upside down, and it, it's just not going to work out. And it doesn't work out, and, and that's why, and sadly. But, of course, we need to love our neighbors, and we need to um, understand what people are going through and be helpful. But it just isn't going to work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Cynthia, thank you so much for your call. Appreciate that very much. Thank, and, thank uh, you thanks for, for your li- Yep, thanks for listening to Southern California Live. 888-528-2557 is the number for Open Line Friday. You know, we were... Uh, Somebody asked about uh, theory, a book that I would recommend. It's a heady book, okay? It's really hard. Uh, It's a difficult read. But if you want to understand kind of what's going on, the the background of it, it's helped me understand a lot. Now, this book, is it's not a Christian book. The writers, to my knowledge, are not believers. It's a book called Cynical Theories. Cynical Theories. That's a play on words of critical theories, okay? Cynical Theories. Uh, cynical theory is how activist scholarship made everything about race, gender, and identity and why this harms everybody. Okay, that's their, where they're going at. Uh, I, and they approach this from kind of a um, liberal, not like spiritually liberal, but liberal, uh, maybe political approach. Okay, so they are not arguing for God or for Christianity. So I want you to know it's not a Christian book in that sense. It's a very academic book, but it's an academic book by people who are saying, look, we we're sympathetic to a lot of the things going on, but the way these things are being talked about is wrong. You know, I've asked the question, and we've talked about it some on the show, why is it that in 30 years we no longer really pressure other countries that we're dealing with for human rights violations? Why is it that in anything we have to do with China today, we aren't talking about the, the Uyghur people, which are um, – religious Muslims in Western China who are being literally put into concentration camps. 
It's horrible what's happening to them. We know this. And we shouldn't allow that to any group of people anywhere on earth. And that should be a major piece of our foreign policy with them. And I think 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it would have been. Uh, it probably would have prevented a lot of our, our arrangements. We would have said, we're not trading with you unless you knock that off. Um, in the Middle East, why is it that we don't care so much? Why are we, why are we not hollering about, say, the education of women in, uh, with the Taliban? Um, in this country, we would, you know, obviously we care about that. We care about the treatment of, uh, of people. Um, why is it that the same companies or the same groups of people um, who we might call woke here, who have concerns about all kinds of stuff, they're not that way when it comes to other countries? You know, why? Why do, we, why do the same people not care? I think they, used, they would have used to care. And part of the answer is, well, we, we don't want to be colonialists. And so we don't want to tell the Taliban that the way they treat homosexuals or women is bad uh, because then we're being colonists, colonizers. And uh, so we're not going to do that. And that's crazy. Um, But that's kind of where we're at. We're not going to be colonizers to China and tell them they have to stop killing the Uyghurs just for their faith. See what I mean is that there is a philosophy that has encroached on this world that is in the highest of our politics now, and it's in the highest of academia with all of this stuff, that what it's really doing spiritually is it's deleting Genesis 1 through 3. It's taking those out. And if you take out Genesis 1 through 3, then there are no male and female. Then God is not the creator. Then God has no authority. There is no sin. There is no right and wrong. And every single thing then becomes just a a societal construct. And, you know, it gets complicated on purpose uh, because the part of the, the strategy is to complicate everything. Um, and it leads to a lot of disruption. So, you know, one of the things for us to do as believers is to know our Bibles, to know Genesis 1 through 3. And we can argue about, you know, is it you know, old earth, young earth, all of those kinds of things. But you have to acknowledge God created, that he's the one in authority, and that he is, you know, however he did it. You know, we try to figure out all that stuff. However he did it, he did it, and he's the authority, and he is the one who determines all the stuff, that, that we aren't the judge of, of God, he is the judge of us. And when we do that, we need to have concern for the world. We need to have concern for all the people of the world because what the scriptures tell us is that God wants everybody to be saved. That our goal with all the stuff we do is not to make disciples of ourself, not a bunch of Scott Furrow disciples. We want Jesus disciples. We want people to be like him. And we trust that there is that the Bible is true when it talks about the Holy Spirit. We trust that the Bible is true when it says God created people in his image, male and female, he created them. That the Bible is true, that we need a savior, that we can't save ourselves. That's just critical in every culture of the world because every culture in the world, all of them, every human culture has tried to figure out how do we, who is God and how do we relate to him? And that's where religion gets started. You know, Egyptians thought the sun was God. Uh, lots of cultures have thought that. Some people thought that you need to sacrifice, you know, how do we relate to God? Well, you sacrifice your kids in the volcano, whatever that is. Um, in Christianity, we have a distinction, and it's different than every other faith or philosophy. And it's that we don't have to figure out who God is. God told us who he is. 
and he came here to be with us, that our founder, Jesus Christ, is not a prophet, not somebody who just said, hey, God told me, and I'm going to tell you. He said he's God. I and the Father are one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He made statements like that that uh, for anybody else making those statements are crazy. You shouldn't listen to those people. But Jesus said that. And in fact, history wouldn't history doesn't keep those people around for very long because they are crazy. They keep Jesus around for one reason. He said all that stuff, and then he came up out of the grave. Unlike everybody else, where we know where all the other religious founders are buried, or at least what the story is of their, their burial, we don't know where Jesus was buried. We have a couple of places that you can buy tickets and you can go visit, but there's, what, at least three of those places where we think, and the truth is, is we don't actually know. And the reason we don't know is that nobody puts a gravestone down where there is no body. When Jesus came up, he came up, people saw him, hundreds of people at the same time saw him, and the world changed, and it didn't change because a bunch of people got elected to the Roman Senate and changed the world. It changed because people decided to love God and love others. And they taught that Jesus is the Savior, that he died for your sins, and he rose again on the third day. And whoever believes in him Whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Our job then is to follow Jesus, make disciples. That's who we are. That's who we're supposed to be. And when we're talking about politics or we're talking about the difficulties you know, in the world and even difficult subjects, at the end of the day, what is right is whatever God says is right. And he will be the judge of everybody one day. And so we want to point people that way. My friends, I can't get to the rest of your calls today. I thank you for calling. Open Line Friday is always fun, and weekends are are hopefully fun. I hope that you have a good one. You're in my prayers, and it's always good to be with you. We are on here, Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. You can uh, connect with me by sending an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com, or you can find me online on social media. And we are here every day from 3 to 5. God bless you. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll see you on Monday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com